a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. See? Yeah. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, maybe, the, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more Uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? (laughs) If you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. Because you can't have a jackhammer sound on your iPod, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> and uh, did I, you hear, by the way, during the bump, two different phones rang over here? Oh no, I have that's you great. muted during the during the intro. So, mm-hmm. nope. No, now I know but where I, I am. I think that's on your nice list. because it it gives you a reminder to turn your phones off during the actual recording of the show. So that's good. No, it's not the same if the show if the phone doesn't <laughs> ring all the time. I'm pretty excited because we have uh, two new games we're playing in today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Bang. Yeah, they're both my favorites. <laughs> the, our games are... The first we're going to play is a uh, new game that you made up okay. called uh, Evangelism Fail. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, the Evangelism Fail game. <laughs> because this is the idea that... Um, <laughs> it's the idea that you know. Look, if you want to smuggle false doctrine into the church, uh, you you know how you know how if you're a smuggler, you got to figure out creative places to put the smug things you're smuggling. Like, uh-huh, remember one time yeah. I was driving back from Mexico, and we had like four spare tires on the roof of the car, and I'm sure everyone thought we were smuggling parrots or something in there. We got stopped at every possible place. So I learned from that that if you want to smuggle false doctrine into the church. You do it under two guises, and one is either youth ministry or the other is evangelism. Ah, there so it is. So if you, basically, if you have any sort of goofball idea, you just say, hey, it's for the sake of evangelism. And so this game is to expose that tendency in the church, and this is evangelism fail. And that is attempts at evangelism that are dumb, bad. <laughs> that have failed. <laughs> and yeah. then after that, we're going to be playing a game that I dreamed up uh, last night uh, called... Uh, evangelical legalism, which we'll have to explain that in a little bit later, too. So, a uh, solid show in store for you today, but first, uh, theological buzzwords. My buzzword for you is amillennialism. That is, Random Theopedia pulled that up, but I'm not going to use their definition. Uh, millennialism is a way of saying a thousand years. It's probably from the Latin milli, which means a thousand, like millipede, you know? Mm-hmm. It means they have a thousand babies. 
Anyhow, uh, a thousand years comes up in Revelation 20, and it says there's a thousand years of Jesus ruling and reigning on the, on, uh, on the throne. Now, when you interpret that to be, determines your eschatological framework. So there's premillennialism. Jesus comes back before the reign. There's postmillennialism. Jesus comes back after the thousand-year reign. There's, and then there's this thing called amillennialism, or better, it would be to say realized millennialism, and that is to say that the description of the millennium in, a, in Revelation 20 is a description of the church. And that's what we think, because the beginning of the millennium is the binding of the devil, and the scriptures state in, no in not-so-unequivocal terms that the death of Jesus is the destruction of the devil. For example, Hebrews 2 says something like, He, uh, just as we have flesh and blood, he partook of the same, so that by his death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil. So are you saying that we no longer have to worry about the devil? Uh, No, no, no. But I am saying that the devil has been defeated, and he's been cast from the Father's face in heaven. And now, when he comes to accuse us, uh, he's lying. It's like this. You know, the devil comes into your conscience and he says, I'd like to admit, uh, I would like to uh, admit before the court evidence A, Evan's sin. And the Holy Spirit says, uh, objection, that sin's died for by Jesus. <laughs> and uh, the judge says, sustained your next evidence. And then the devil brings the next piece of sin. I'd like to present as evidence against Evan and this could, sin number two. And he could probably do that Spirit for says, a while. Objection. Right, but the Holy Spirit sits there the whole time. Objection, died for by Jesus. That, by the way, is what the word paraclete means. Advocate or lawyer in court, etc. Attorney. Or defense lawyer. <laughs> paraclete is, is Greek for lawyer. <laughs> well, so is Satan, though. Satan is Hebrew for lawyer. It's just the, uh, it's just the other side, you know. You have your defense lawyer, Accuser, that's the paraclete, right. and you have your accuser, it's like the your DA. prosecuting attorney. That's your Satan. <laughs> So would it be right Sorry to, to all the, the prosecuting attorneys yeah, who are say, Would it be right to call the district attorney's office Satan? Would that be? I, I guess it depends on what side of the trial that's, you're on. That's not Table Talk Radio <laughs> approved. Okay. Uh, my theological buzzword for you is redemption, which means to free somebody from bondage. You know, I like this idea of redemption of being uh, something that's bought back. Um, you know, if you get a little coupon uh, from uh, the newspaper... That says, where do you get your groceries there? Or should we call Carrie? Uh, Albertsons? I like to go to King Supers, but okay, she's a King big Supers. fan of the Target. Oh, okay. Um, so you go, you go down you get your little coupon for Target, and, you, and she goes and, and gets your uh, you know, prune juice, whatever she gets for you. And uh, yeah. she says, hey, I've got Never a coupon for this. That. What Target is essentially doing is buying that uh, coupon from you because you're getting a, a lesser rate for the product. And so they're redeeming that coupon. Um, and so hold it on, is. Hold on, wait a minute. I, I've never understood the economics of coupons. So say that again for me. You okay. Buy, they buy it back from you? Yeah, because the, you have this coupon. This isn't making any okay, sense. Okay. Normally, <laughs> prune juice is $4. But you have yeah, okay, a coupon that says your prune juice That's a is. High quality prune juice. Is right there, $1 man. off. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. what yeah, is the value of that coupon? Well, a dollar of prune juice, I suppose. <laughs> okay. So when they, when you bring your prune juice, they're buying uh, that coupon back from you. 
Is this difficult? I always figured if they could take a dollar coupon, then that means they were charging too much in the first place. <laughs> well, I suppose. Are we talking I, about redemption? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose Target has to turn around and, and send that off to the prune juice company. In All any I know case, is I'm getting thirsty. How <laughs> to go home and have me some prune juice Slurpees? <laughs> in any case, uh, the idea of redemption is that we are bought back um, through Christ's blood, and so we are lost. We are uh, separated from God uh, uh, upon Adam and Eve's first sin, and all of humanity to follow. But when Christ comes, He He dies on the cross for all of our sins, and He wins us back to Him. We are redeemed. I just read a note to preach about prune juice. <laughs> Everyone will get it. They're like, "Yeah, I know a lot about prune juice." The congregation. <laughs> That All right. Relevant sermon. You have any emails and coupons? Prune juice and coupons. That shows the demographic of your congregation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was talking about you. I figured Carrie went by you. Here, <laughs> here's a one from David who writes, "Thank the Lord for silly pastors." I don't know who he's talking about Mm-mm. and their antics. I was wrestling with an unpleasant task of having my 92 year old mother put into assisted living. I heard you and Pastor Evan uh, laughing merrily on my phone. Thank you. I needed it right now, truly. Keep up the merriment as you do what you do. Yeah. I, I thought that was nice. I think if you go to the iTunes store, you can find uh, ringtones of just us laughing. So whenever someone calls you, you hear Brandon and I start laughing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Just kidding. Here's another one from Kurt. Just got done listening. Did you know, by the way, our friend Hans Feeney over there at Lutheran Satire was, uh, if you'd made a donation to his church to get their new carpet or something, I think they were going to carpet the whole thing, carpet the walls, carpet the floors. I I can't remember exactly, but there's going to be a lot of carpet. Anyhow, uh, he would give you a free Donnell and McConnell recording calling your name for your ringtone. (laughs) Answer the phone, Patrick. That kind of... Anyway, uh, Kurt wonder, writes. I wonder how just, that's going. Yeah, pretty good, I think. I just got we, done listening to episode 289. I think, first of all, I'm going to stop Kurt right there. It is a ridiculous thing that we have been doing this 289 times. It's got to stop at some point. I'm Kurt sure. continues. The Don't Give Up lesson from Facebook Pointers point six. Remember that? Oh, you remember that? yeah. How, how the seven I? words of Jesus were turned into moral lessons? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Anyway. That reminded me, uh, reminded Kurt of the end of Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks' character tells the kid for whom everyone has sacrificed so much and put their life on the line to earn this. Like Jesus <laughs> saying, after all I've done for you, dying on the cross, you owe me. Make my death worthwhile by doing something worthwhile. Don't be a slacker. Finish strong. Uh, no grace here, says Kurt. I'm glad Jesus died for slackers. I can rest. Yes. All right. Another lazy Lutheran. I think that, by the way, is the worst confusion of law and gospel, and that is to say, Jesus died for you. What are you going to do for him? Oh, right. That's that's it's it's like that takes the free gift and turns it into a bribe. Like Jesus <laughs> is some sort of salvation mafia. Hey, you, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I died for you. Now, now you it's your do. turn. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, it's a free gift? Yeah, it's a free gift with strings attached. <laughs> All right, well, coming Jesus up after this break, possessed girlfriend. we're going to be playing Evangelism Fail. I'm sure you want to stay tuned for that. You can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. If you have something you would like to uh, tell us or if you have a question, you can also send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Questions at tabletalkradio.org. After this break, Evangelism Fail, you're listening to the one, the only, Table Talk Radio. Hey, 
prisoner way in the English language to indicate we are using the singular you. But thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. Oh, yeah! Now we're rolling, man. Now we can finally start the show. Why do you get so excited about this song? The best riff in the history of riffs? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of class. I'm I sure that's what it is. I also just took a big bite of a lemon pastry. How can Thickens not, up my voice, you how know. How come you're not the sharing the lemon pastries? You know. Man, it's so rude. So over here starving, and you're just eating lemon pastries. Yeah, All right. Well, in this, uh, uh, what were we in? A uh, uh, segment? Show. <laughs> segment. In this segment, evangelism In this failed. moment. Now. In this now. Pastor, tell us, what is going on in this game? Well, so evangelism, it used to be a nice word because evangelism comes from the Greek word oiangelion. At some point, at which, some which point in history, gospel, right? Preaching. Yeah, people forgot that the U was pronounced like a U and started pronouncing it like a V. So, oiangelion, became E V evangelion. I do not know when that was in the history of pronunciations. Pro- that pro- probably, if you figure that out, you're going to know why the W is called the W instead of the double V. Have you ever wondered about that? I wondered how it has to do with this game we're playing. So the word oiangelion means the good news and a, a particularly specific good news. Like that I'm eating a lemon pastry would be good news, but it's not the good news that the oiangelion is. That is the good news of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Mm. Now, you figure you figure that if evangel, if evangel means gospel, that evangelism would have something to do with the gospel. But you, my friends, would be sadly mistaken mm-hmm. because evangelism now doesn't in fact have anything to do with the gospel of the forgiveness of sins and it more has to do with doing absolutely ridiculous stuff in the name of Jesus. Uh, that's my definition of evangelism. It ba- basically, it means doing anything you can to embarrass yourself mm. and make yourself look like a fool in front of the world. And if you do that, you probably qualify as doing evangelism. Now, that might not be putting the absolute best construction on things. But it's pretty close. So that any time you hear a church doing something ridiculous or whatever, it's going to be one of two reasons. It's for the sake of evangelism or for the sake of the for the sake of the youth. Or if you really want to get away with something nutty, you call it youth evangelism. <laughs> now, what I mean, so what youth stands... evangelism is like the Millennium Falcon of of uh, uh, harboring false doctrine. Remember the Millennium Falcon from the movie Star Trek? And remember how he was a smuggler? Mm-hmm. The best smuggler in the whole world? He run the Kessel Run in 4.2 parsecs or whatever? That is what youth evangelism is. The Millennium Falcon of false doctrine smuggling. I'm going to write that on Facebook, so okay. kill some time. But I have, some que- I have a question for you, though. I mean, right. so there, there, it's apparent that... The world isn't just uh, breaking down the doors of the church to to go to church. What what is the reason, uh, theologically speaking, that people don't want to come to church? Uh, well, because they're unbelievers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, the uh, most evangelism tactics are would say that that is not the reason why people don't go to church. The reason why people don't go to church is because either a they think the church is boring and not cool enough. Or B, they think the church is hateful and not loving enough. 
So evangelism is a demonstration to show that the church is cool and loving and relevant and authentic. And I don't know, let's go to the buzzword generator and we'll find that. Now, (laughs) this is so crazy because evangelism should probably not be about how you market yourself to the, how the church markets herself to the world, but it should probably, probably have something to do with Jesus. Ah, very good. Well, I'm going to go to this. Do you want to set up this first clip? We have uh, something about martial arts. Uh, Is this the Pastor Cage fight? Or is uh, no, this no, the Mar- martial mixed arts. martial arts? Ah, yes. Okay, so this is a church. This is, I think, a church in Arkansas. And they are they were, for the sake of evangelism, hosting a mixed martial arts fight, cage fight, on their church parking lot. And this is a news story about that. Uh, mixed martial arts. Lake Point Church is having the first annual Spa City Stomp Out. MMA, live music, a little bit of everything. Pastor Greg Burst joins us now. All right, I've got to be honest. The first time I see it, I'm thinking church, <laughs> MMA. How did this all come about? Lots of question marks, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know the popularity of the UFC and the mixed oh, martial yeah. arts that are out there, and uh, we thought, what a great event to attract a lot of people and to have a good cause. What we've done is we've tethered this together with the Stomp Out Hunger. It's a nonprofit that's out there that's trying to eradicate hunger in Hot Springs and Garland County. And so what we said is, well, what if we did an MMA fight? And this fight really is about helping this nonprofit, but it's also about us as a church telling people about Jesus in a very unique way. And, and reaching out to people that maybe wouldn't come to church ordinarily, but they will come to this event because this is an event that is a free event. We're asking people to bring canned goods to, to help out with the stomp out hunger, but we're also going to be telling about Jesus. And a lot of people think of him as, as being maybe wimpy or, or a sissy, and, uh, and actually he's just a warrior. And, uh, and I like to tell people Jesus didn't tap out. He gave everything in his life, including his life. So it's tomorrow night at the church? Yeah, tomorrow night, church parking lot, 1343 Albert Pike. And uh, it's an outdoor event. Should be great weather. Um, this is not a backyard brawl. We're doing this upright. We've got 15 fights on the card, the last one being a professional fight. Um, we're really excited about it. Well, the fighters, you've got some top-notch fighters coming out, some really good amateurs and a professional fighter. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, we've, we've got a promoter that has done all the promotion on this and put this fight card together. Uh, these guys are trained. These aren't your you know, beer belly guys out here, you know, backyard brawl. Again, these guys are athletes, and they've been trained for this, and they do this. A lot of them do this for a living. How bad is it in uh, the hunger problem? down in Garland County. Yeah, you know, it really, we look at Arkansas and Arkansas, the, the, the poverty rate is about 24%. And, and among oh, those 24%, 23% are children with the ages of 5 and mm. 17. And we really see that as being an issue. And, and we want to make a difference in the community. Um, that's why we're telling people, come on out. Come have some fun with us. We've got What's live music. Fight? We're going to have some exhibitions. We've got some kids going to break some boards and break some bricks, you know, and, and they're going to do some exhibitions. And just bring some canned goods out. Uh, everything is going to go towards Stomp Out Hunger, that, that non profit to help eradicate hunger for the children in Hot Springs in Garland County. All right. Um, no. Oh, man. To me, that seems like people aren't coming for the gospel. It sounds like they're coming to watch people smash other, each you, other's faces. You in. hate the lost, typical Fort Wayne guy. <laughs> I can't believe well, you would there's have. Only you two know how options. we normally talk about the bait and switch? This is like a bait and switch and switch. Ooh. Because the, you bait first with the mixed martial arts fight, and then you switch to stomp out hunger, and then you switch to telling people about Jesus. Nice. So people are like, hey, switch. I'm going to fight. And they're like, no, no, you're really helping the community. And they're like, no, no, it's really a revival in here. <laughs> what? Oh. 
What's going on? Don't know bait what I'm and switch doing. and switch. I'm only used to the bait and switch. Stuff. <laughs> we you, we should start doing some bait and switch and switch and switch things. So it would be like. <laughs> so first, okay, first we'll do some mud wrestling out front. I mean, I think that would be even better. I mean, so uh, uh, two dudes fighting. But what about why not the old <laughs> classic mud wrestle? You know. I mean, don't you think that would attract people to the church? A lot of people don't come to church because they don't expect to see mud wrestling there. But then they, they see... come for some fireworks or something too. Yeah. There. yeah, that's right, mud wrestling. And then really, really, it yeah, it's a fireworks show. And then really, no, it's a it's a uh, help the women's abuse shelter. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> they're going to come and help the women that are fighting in the thing. But and then they're like, no, no, really, we're going to start catechism class. Like, whoa, whoa, wait. Yeah, we got you with the bait and switch and switch and switch. <laughs> the, the problem is, this has been the problem with the bait and switch. I mean, this is nothing new. We borrowed it from the business world. Say, hey, come in for this uh, barbecue extravaganza. Hey, would you like to buy a used car? But um, the problem with it is, is that if people don't come in for the for the reason of hearing God's word, when you switch to God's word, they leave. And yeah, so then yeah. it's a bait, and let's keep baiting so they never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you finally at least switch to the gospel, but the gospel, but you better it, if it is the real gospel, then you're right. People leave. So the the gospel has to be something like Jesus didn't tap out. Like oh yeah, that's right. It's uniquely profound. Jesus didn't <laughs> tap out. It is finished. He said with the devil in a headlock <sighs> as he stomped him in the face. You know, I guess you're right. I'm just a typical Fort Wayne grad because there's only two options. You're, you're either the typical Fort Wayne grad or you're the atypical Fort Wayne grad. Those are the only two options. <laughs> now, I think the irony of this is you got the you got the mixed martial arts, which is the breaking of the Fifth Commandment, and then you're doing it to raise money for to help the hungry people, which is trying to keep the the Fifth Commandment. It's like what? It's just going to cancel itself out. <laughs> I wonder, you know, the gospel would be something like this to say, we've seen a lot of sin here tonight, and so I want you guys to know that we're just smashing in each other's faces, that your sins are forgiven. Yeah, well, um, did you remember Jesus getting in fights with people, smashing them in the face? Uh, oh, yeah. This sort of thing? Yeah, I remember that. Um, but now, there is, there is the vocation of soldier where I suppose you are rightly supposed to smash people in the face. Uh, but to make that into recreation is a bit of a dangerous sort of thing. It's a it's the same sort of thing. You know, we I was talking about this with the with the idea of video games. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old guy you about the video are. games, but we got to watch out for the video games in our conscience, especially the video games where we just kind of walk around slaughtering all sorts of people. And 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 I had someone say, "Hey, well, isn't that like training to be a soldier?" And I said, "Well, it would be like having a video game that me and a bunch of dads play, where we go around and give spankings to a bunch of kids." Like it's it's right to give a spanking to your child in your vocation, but as soon as you make that into a form of entertainment, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> you know that video yeah. game? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I play that all uh, the time. Call of Spanking. <laughs> Modern Spank Fair. <laughs> Sounds like you already play some of those games. <laughs> yeah, you get a, it's a big online community. Oh, okay. It's these dads they go around the house looking for kids breaking the rules and swat. <laughs> Swap, pow, to right. your room. All right, all right. After the, <laughs> I wonder how much training uh, is actually done. Hey, it's time for boot camp. Go play some video games. <laughs> That's what we need. Say, I don't need it. I was pl- I was playing mixed martial artists on my Xbox. <laughs> I was going to church. church, learning how to at the fight. Youth, <laughs> the youth lock-in. 
mixed martial arts with a youth group. <laughs> All right, when we come back from this break, we've got one more consideration for you in uh, evangelism fail. I think that was a fail, by the way, right? Barely, barely, but it was a fail. Uh, Just right barely back. Fail. Black Radio. I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. Oh, that is so ridiculous. I play my music in the sun. I'm a joker. Table Talk Radio. So exciting, you won't notice. That's the opening hymn at Fight Church. <laughs> Why are all these churches wanting to fight each other? Um, you know, when I was a kid, that's how what we would do. We would just take an object and put the word fight on the end of it and make it into a game. We'd oh, yeah. Like, rock fight, stick fight, snake fight, fireworks fight. fight. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> we were doing, I, little did I know we were doing evangelism. <laughs> youth of in, that's youth evangelism. <laughs> all right. Well, um, <laughs> we ha- th- oh, I wish this uh, idea was limited to one church, but it's not. Here's another church doing the same thing. This is like an official like promotional video trailer for this idea. Here it is. As Christians, there are times where you take shots. That's where the Bible gives you your training. all the time. I don't look like the typical pastor, and that's okay. Um, there's actually a cool verse in the Bible that says, be weary when all men speak well of you. If everybody loves you, you're doing something wrong. God, you have called us to a fight. When Preston came up with the idea of having a fight club in the church, it was an easy thing to say yes to. Because <laughs> he was going to beat him up. Fights all the time. You guys like to see me fight senator. another pastor? <laughs> we'll just be a couple of God-fearing men punching each other in the face. <laughs> Tonight, we got to fight. And then we'll talk about Jesus tomorrow when we go to church. The tradition of which I'm a part is that we would love one another. And this ain't love. At the end of the day, it's about reaching people with the gospel, regardless of what you do to introduce them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Punch, punch, punch in the face. Now go for the joke right there. I carry my faith inside the cage. Go for the, the joke? Is that what it's like? be in the position talking I am about today a sermon, I wasn't a Christian. This is a battlefield. We need to charge them and not wait for them to come to us. <laughs> okay. Now, I wish I wish uh, Table Talk Radio was a TV show because you could see that uh, the, the guy that comes in and says, uh, this is not love. Jesus told us to love is like this old guy in a clerical collar. <laughs> He's the you know, Fort Wayne seminary professor. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Fort Wayne guy. <laughs> Against pastors having cage fights in church. <laughs> Typical Fort Wayne guy. <laughs> Hates the lost. I mean, the guy said, hey, when this guy came to me with this idea to have a fight club in church, it was easy to say yes, because he was going to beat him up if he said no. What, would you say no to that guy? <laughs> that's right. He had Whatever you want, hold. buddy. Okay, yes, that's yes. what you want. <laughs> I quick making my big, sticking my big toe in my ear. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so this is the same kind of song and dance, this is obviously right? a good idea. I mean, the, you know, you, the reason it's a, such a good idea is because the reason, the way, here, I'm going to give you a simple litmus test on evangelism. Okay. And that is, if a sane person says, that's nuts, then it's a, obviously a good evangelism idea. <laughs> well, I was thinking so, about that when, when uh, I mean, both of these reports that we brought up was picked up by the, the news media. Now... The the news has never come to Faith Lutheran Church in Rogover, Oregon, and said, uh, "This Justin, pastor preaches law and gospel." I mean, it's it's not really newsworthy. But when you do something that is newsworthy for the world, is it really still the gospel? <laughs> right. That's right. Oh man, it's like it's it'd be like back in the good old days, you know, like Second Chronicles. And the news would be there, and they'd be interviewing the pastor and say, are you guys really having male temple prostitutes? <laughs> oh, yeah. We figure if we can get the guys in there, you know, then we can tell them about the <laughs> yeah. temple. This is the bait and switch, which we've already <laughs> seen, by the way. Another evangelism fail was when the churches were doing the the sex challenges of, you know, 40 days of sex every day right. with all the... That's right. Like, Good you just grief. go through the breaking of the commandments. Okay, let's go smash... Let's go break the fifth commandment, smash each other's faces <laughs> in for a while. Let's go do the sixth commandment thing. And then I'm going to have an... Next, it'll probably be theft, godly theft. Yeah. It'll be like, it'll like the men's group is going to learn how to, like, pick locks and break into safes. Yeah, but for Jesus. You know, Jesus was, was uh, crafty, so... Yeah, he gave us the office of the keys. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like, you're going to go break into cars for I'm Jesus. Gonna, I'm going to host at my it's church the gossip though. extravaganza. <laughs> and we're just going right. to sit that's around right. and play telephone yeah. or something. Well, that's what they already have that. that. Have you heard this phrase, you gossip the gospel? That's a, oh what goodness. a, that's it. Oh, that's like saying, yeah, we're going to go steal, we're going to go steal the gospel or we're going to go murder the gospel. I, I mean, I suppose that's what these evangelism strategies are. Man, why, why are churches taking all the, the good face? satire ideas? <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's like you try to come up with the dumbest, kind of stupidest, moronic, idiotic, anti-gospel, totally ridiculous idea. You're like, ah, I finally got it. You know, we're gonna. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have pastors doing cage fighting in church. Hmm. Well, at least it's on Saturday night, I suppose. And then someone says, "Oh yeah, we're doing that. We've been doing that for years, man." It's called the Southern Baptist Convention or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right, though. So uh, the the perception of most churches is that, well, what's keeping people from coming to church? They think it's boring. And so if we could just uh, show people how cool we really are, and, you know, we got tattoos just like you do and stuff, then you would want to come into church and to be, you know, a member of our church. Yeah. Well, um, look, I got I got I to gotta shave my head, and I got a ton of tattoos— I gotta have the vicar shave his head. There you go. Yeah, it'd be relevant. Got maybe yes. get a nose ring part or one of, his, of those big hoop earrings. I, I heard, by the way, talk about evangelism. This is this is just profound evangelism of a pastor with those big fat hoop earrings that he switches out to make sure that the colors match the liturgical colors of the church here. Now that oh man, there's that, there you go. That's gonna move people. But I I kind of just want to point out how completely vain this whole thing is because. To, to boil down the thought here is that it's really our our popularity that's going to bring people to the gospel. It's really how cool we are. It's really yeah. the edgy things that we do that are going to bring 
bring people to the gospel, not the word of God itself. Um, now, the accusation is, and I'm going to throw this at you, Pastor. Well, you just sit in your church office waiting for people to come to you. No, I do table talk radio here in my church <laughs> office. Smoke a pipe. You know what I'm going to do in my church office? I'm going to get a uh, pull-up bar. I can, you know, do pull-ups, get ready for the next cage fight. <laughs> I'm going to turn my, I'm going to turn my office here into a. You know what? I, I think we're going to turn the church basement into a. Um, what are those things called? A CrossFit gym. Talk mm. about what a better way to get people into the church? Free CrossFit. I, There's man, that, or it's like the other church that has praiser size. You know, oh, remember praiser cool. size? I do remember that. That was a good evangelism thing. But. Um, the other thing that we could do, just as an idea, is uh, teach people to live in their vocations. Oh, oh, oh that's the direction you were headed. <laughs> <laughs> I totally so forgot about the vocation it, thing. It just, just it just so happens that uh, the, the pastors punching me in the face. <laughs> the, the Lord has given us uh, a places that we are to serve the neighbor, and it just so happens that in these vocations, the Lord opens up particular opportunities uh, to to. Invite them to church to uh, speak the God's word to them already in the places that we are serving, you know. And this is maybe the thing that that people don't think about. Um, uh, you have a, a mother who uh, is teaching her three children the stories of the scriptures, or having them memorize the catechism, and uh, and then the then they go to church on Sunday. And the pastor gets up and says, "You guys need to do do evangelism." Oh, I, I'm sorry. I should quit teaching my children the scriptures then so I can go t- talk to strangers about how to punch each other in the face. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Come, come to our church and watch two pastors pounding each other. <laughs> but, you know, there's this other thing, too, and that is that we uh, Jesus isn't the wimp. You know, the manly Jesus? Yeah. It's just kind of... Remember that thing about... Uh, how how do you want Jesus? You got the baby Jesus or the grown-up bearded Jesus or the, you know, the whole thing. How do you want... Mm. Yeah, look at... Uh, okay, fine. I, I, do, I do not think Jesus was wimpy, but I do think Jesus was meek. Uh, what's the Bible say? That he comes meekly, and he comes with great kindness and humility. Uh, and that Jesus was not, um, he was not a soldier. He was the Savior. He has a totally different vocation. And he perfectly fulfilled that vocation. And we should rejoice that he fulfilled that vocation, and that he, Jesus, is the one who gives us our vocation. And that doesn't mean that he wants us to ignore them and to go out and be hyper-missionified. He wants us to do those vocations. Right. So I think that's another evangelism fail. Well, I think you're a typical Fort Wayne guy. All right. Well, let's set up this next game, and then when we get back from the break, we'll be able to dive right in. This next game is called uh, Evangelical Legalism. And this kind of grew out of a couple conversations I've had recently. And what I noticed was happening... Was uh, uh, I was talking to a couple, um, I think members of non-denominational churches, and uh, and they were, you know, distraught, and uh, and so I would try to uh, uh, bring a gospel promise. You know, we talk about in this proper distinction between law and gospel. There's times in which we need to hear the law, which its purpose is to show us our sins, to show us that we um, fail to live up to God's demands, and that we um, uh, uh, deserve His wrath for it. And then there's moments that we need to hear the gospel. That is the free comfort of God's gift that does not put anything back upon us, but it puts it all on Christ and what he has done for us. And this is where we find our comfort. Well, in my attempts to bring the gospel to the ears of these people I was talking to, um, I found that every time I brought a gospel promise before their ears, 
they somehow distorted this word of gospel to make it again about themselves and what they are to do. And they turned that gospel back into law that I'm going to do this. And that's the solution to get out of this problem. And uh, so we're going to do this as kind of a demonstration of how not to uh, treat the scriptures. And we're going to play evangelical legalism. And that's on Table Talk Radio. And we'll do that right after this commercial break. We'll be right back. It's really classy up here. Table Talk Radio (laughs) will be right back. Well, I stand corrected. Excuse me, Pastor Wolfman. Oh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Oi! 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 Uh, I was just seeing how many people like my Facebook status. Uh, I told uh, I told Pastor Wolfman that it's dangerous to use that bump because he's inevitably going to uh, join in the oys uh, ad nauseum. But um, yeah, anyway. No, man, I'm a lot more classier than you think. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so evangelical legalism. One of us is going to play the role of the pastor, and the other one's going to play the role of a person seeking advice and uh, and then uh, trying to take that gospel promise and to turn it into legalism. So. Um, pastor Wolfmuller is going to, is going to be playing the role of the person seeking advice and I'll be the pastor. I'll have to think about how to do this. And then, uh, but pastor, whenever you're ready, I guess. I, I forgot how to do this too. Okay. So let's try. So I, I'm kind of sad, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm having trouble, you know, um, uh, really having any sort of happiness in my life. And I, I, I think I'm despairing because it seems to me like my life has such, so little direction that I don't even know. I don't even know why I'm here on earth. And and I wonder, Pastor, uh, why God even has me here. I, I, I got no purpose and no direction. Why, why do I exist? Well, Brian, uh, I, I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And um, I think that, first of all, that I think we can look at what the Lord has put us here first simply because he loves us. You know, oftentimes you hear that, uh, well, the reason God created humanity is so that we would worship him. Well, I don't know about that because uh, God has all the angels worshiping him constantly, and I don't know that my worship uh, really brings a lot to the table. However, um, what the I think better perspective, a more biblical perspective, is the reason that the God has created us is so that He that we would be objects of his love. And so we can ask just the question, Brian, does God uh, love you? Uh, ha- uh, has he baptized you? Has he died for you? Has he uh, won for you the gift of eternal life? Has he given you the forgiveness of sins? And if the answer is yes, then he has put you here first so that you would be loved by him. And we can maybe talk about some other things, but I think that's the first place to step. Well, I think that's. I think you make a good point, Pastor. Uh, does God love me? And I think you're right. I need to try a lot harder to realize how much God loves me. <laughs> is that how this game works <laughs> you, you got it <laughs> you got it uh, i i also think um i also think that i, I probably need to uh try to love myself more too while i'm at it 
<laughs> okay, so that that's listen, you you almost blew a pastoral vein. I almost just sent you into pastoral stroke. No, that's exactly. It. I just want to kind of step back and point a little commentary. You, you've done it exactly right. And what happens when we do that? When we turn around the gospel promise and making it all about us again, we're going to end up back in that failure. If you can say, okay, I'm going to try to see that God loves me more. Well, when it's now then all about you, you're going to fail again and be back in the moment of distress. You're always going to be flowing back and forth between, I need to do this and I'm a failure. I need to do this and I'm a failure. Rather to just say, amen to the gospel promise. I think that's what we want to be doing. Yeah. Okay, so here's another one. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you now, Pastor Wolf Miller. All right, all right. Um, I'm just really struggling a lot lately because I, I try to, to have a strong and devoted personal uh, a devotion life. I mean, I, I'm trying to read uh, 20 chapters in the Bible every day, and, and uh, I'm trying to, uh, to say my prayers. And, you know, people ask for me to pray for them, and I say I will, and then I forget. And I just like a big failure that I, I, I must not love God enough. I must not love Jesus enough to actually spend time with him every day. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of practical things that we can do to work on that, but every Christian fails when it comes to prayer, and for a couple of reasons. Um, But one is because we fail when it comes to faith. And so this is a sin uh, to neglect our prayers and our readings of the Scripture, but it's a sin that Christ has died for. It's a sin that's forgiven by Jesus. And, And we have the comfort of knowing that even as we're neglecting our prayers, that our Jesus is at the right hand of the throne of God, and he is praying for us, and he's bringing us and our name before the Father in heaven and asking the Father to be gracious to us and look with kindness upon us and love us and continue to treat us with his mercy and his grace. Yeah, no, that that's exactly the kind of faith I need to have and uh, to trust him in that way. Um, that's exactly what I need to do. Um <laughs> And and to uh, to to be able to um, what did you say again? That was the last part you said. Uh, that Jesus prays for us. Oh yeah, and and so I need to I need to pray for others just like Jesus prays for us. <laughs> um, that that's exactly. Thank you for yeah, setting up that, that example for me again. That, that's a classic. That is a classic. So you take what Jesus has done f- for me and you make it an example for me. <laughs> <laughs> So that instead of acting in our place and and winning our redemption and giving us gifts, Jesus is just showing us how to do it. Oh, man. That's that's classic gospel to law. Uh, That's a classic gospel to law move, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross, so I really need to lay down my life for others. Yeah. Now, if I could could take two turns and go again, I I think I have another direction to take this. Yeah, Um, okay. So I'll come to you again, Pastor. Um, And and, and that is uh, that... You know, I, I, I've I've given my heart to Jesus, and I've asked Him um, to be my personal Lord and Savior, and um, and I have. I mean, I really think that I meant that. Uh, the, the problem is, though, um, I, I I'm not really living like it. I'm not really living like a true Christ follower, and um, I, I I fall short. You know, I sometimes I I don't. I don't love that that person. I, I get in, in an angry argument with my wife, and I know that that's not what a Christ follower is supposed to do. Um, I just don't know what to do, Pastor. Yeah, this is every Christian sins because every Christian is a sinner, which means that every person constantly needs Jesus. And our Christian life 
is not about trying to live in such a way that we don't need Jesus, but Jesus calls us to a constant life of repentance so that we know our sin, but even more, we know our Savior, and we are not deluded with the idea that we can out-sin the love of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Pastor. And and I'm ready for those those uh, good works to be the fruit of that faith. So um, I'm going to start uh, living in, in that way so that the, the fruits of my faith can be seen and that people will know that I'm a Christian. Thank you. Thank you very much for that advice. <laughs> That's the, uh, oh, yeah. the you're welcome. The, the particular Glad to be here. <laughs> the particular point I wanted to make with that is that yes, we we do have good work as a fruit of the as a as a fruit of faith, right? As a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The thing is, is that those good works do not come about by a teaching of the law, right? So so that uh, if 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 there's someone who says, well, I'm not sure that they're showing enough good works, the the point isn't to say, hey, start doing good things. <laughs> the point is to say, hey, look, you're sinning, but Christ has died for you. And to say amen to that, to believe that, is to have faith, and good works are the natural result of that. But you can't preach good works into people. That's that's the difference. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, if, I want, if I'm a farmer and I want lemons, I'm not concerned with the lemons. I'm concerned with the lemon tree. And people are so quick to say, hey, yeah, uh, good works are the fruit of faith. And you're like, well, right. So what you should be concerned about is faith. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the whole point of it. You don't, I mean, worry, trying to coax uh, um, good works out of a Christian by being concerned with good works is like squeezing the tree of an uh, like squeezing the trunk of an apple tree, hoping that apples will pop out of the leaves, you know? <laughs> Doesn't work It's a ridiculous well. idea, you know? So you concern yourself with what, the, with what faith needs, which is namely the Lord's Word. And good works will come as the fruit of it. The Holy Spirit promises that. All right, we have a couple minutes, maybe time for one more. So go ahead, Pastor, if you... Okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling particularly bad today because... Um, uh, because uh, my dear friend uh, from high school that I haven't talked to for years and years uh, uh, died. And they said they went to church, uh, but I never got to hear their testimony of faith and their personal testimony. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we got a couple minutes for a light conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really listening, friend, would you? <laughs> Well, I'll play the pastor too, and then you turn it. Into no, that's okay. That's okay. I'll, I'll do. I, I can do this. I'm, I'm a pastor. I can do this. Uh, <laughs> no. Um. So, so the first thing that comes to mind um, is we don't measure uh, whether a person is a Christian or not uh, simply based upon their um, their sort of testimony or their um, kind of personal experience with uh, with Jesus. Um, Jesus didn't come to give us an experience. Jesus came to die for us. And in fact, the truth is that, uh, that Jesus came to uh, die for everyone, to forgive all of, all of us for all of our sins. Um, now, if your friend heard that word of God, if your friend uh, was maybe baptized, if your, if your friend um, uh, knew that pr- gospel promise, then we have the uh, the wonderful certainty that your friend is in uh, in heaven, enjoying the Lord's the Lord's comfort. Pastor, you're right. I'm going to invite all my old pastor friends to our mixed martial artists fight <laughs> next week at church. 
<laughs> Wonderfully done. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but maybe to just say amen to the gospel will be the way to go. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like that classic Aerosmith rock ballad, Prune Choose Redemption. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, oh, yeah, aversion to I've been doing that for like three years. Psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.